You're listening to Productivity on Purpose, why the B-plus strategy should be your BFF. Listen, lady, you're capable, smart, and driven. Then why do you feel so overwhelmed? Hi, I'm Ruthie Parikh, mom of two, wife of one, best-selling author, and former perfectionist. Okay, current, but working on it. I'm here to show rockstar professionals who are doing it all that you can have an amazing career, relationships, and life by taking control of your focus, habits, and goals. Join me for simple and motivating ways to squash overwhelm and reconnect with what matters most. Welcome to Productivity on Purpose. Welcome back, sweet sister. I'm Ruthie Parikh. I help ambitious women go from overwhelmed and overloaded to in control and confident. I'm so super psyched you're here. I am really excited about today's topic. I think every week I get excited about these topics, but a lot of what I talk about is usually comes out of a discussion or many discussions with other women, either that I'm working with or maybe we've had a complimentary strategy session together. And I hear, I get the benefit of hearing so many of the challenges that we're going through, no matter what industry you're in, no matter what age you are, no matter what ethnicity. I think just as women, we have certain common challenges. And uh, I love hearing about everyone's different experiences because often we think, oh, it's just me. I'm the only one who can't get over this, or I'm the only one struggling with this. And then I get to hear on the other end, thinking to myself, Gosh, I wish every woman could hear this because we wouldn't be so hard on ourselves and we'd know that, you know what, we're really in this together. We're all struggling with from the or with the same things over and over. Okay, so one thing I've been hearing about a lot or one common struggle or challenge is about being behind, being behind in life, being behind on a deliverable, being behind on our to-do list because of perfectionism. Perfectionism. Can you relate? I feel like in some way, we can all relate to perfectionism. Even for someone who'd say, I'm not a perfectionist, there's something in your life that you're really, really, really specific about, even if you let a lot of other things go. Or on the other hand, you are just very much wired that way. You're like, I think anyone listening to this, you're an, you're an overachiever, you're a high performer. And a lot of times that can lend itself to perfectionism. Like, I have to get this right, or it's not worth doing, or no one else can do it the same way or the right way. And we really get caught up in this. And that, of course, not only puts us so behind the eight ball of all these other projects and deliverables you have going on, but it also just kind of impacts your self-esteem or self-confidence. And you're thinking, why am I so behind? Why can't I get on top of this? And it's all just no bueno. So I want to tell you about an experience I had not too long ago prior to a speaking event. And if you don't know, I speak a lot. I speak at conferences and associations and organizations. I do a lot of training or you know, just like keynote speaking. So I love speaking. And I spent many, many, many hours perfecting my slides. I was doing a kind of a new presentation or kind of a hybrid of two presentations. And so I was going cuckoo on the slides. I could not let it go. It was not just hours. It truly was days and days and days. And I know I was, I could feel myself in it. I could feel myself being like, why, why am I falling into this trap? Why am I being so perfectionist about this? But yet I was allowing it to happen. Like seriously, I spent painstakingly long agonizing over the colors and the line spacing and the spacing of the words like between each of the letters. I mean, it was crazy, right? And all the transitions 
And I do take a lot of pride in my presentations. I really do. I work hard to keep the words very minimal, to really spend time on my images. So I made slews of changes, perfecting the text and all the photos. However, of course, that meant neglecting some of my other really important work at the time. So for weeks, I didn't just have this presentation going on. Of course, I had clients and other expectations and deliverables and home stuff and all the things, right? So um, what was super frustrating, which is, this is kind of a side note, but just before the presentation, like a day or two before, I found out that I couldn't use the slides at all. They were going to be changing the format and I didn't even have I couldn't even be using slides. I was just going to be speaking, which was so uncool because I had spent so long on it. But anyway, that was beside the point. But like I mentioned earlier, what happened because I was perfecting that so much, it did put me behind the eight ball and other things that I really should have been focusing on. And again, it just kind of made me feel like, oh, now I'm so behind. How did I get this way? But it also made me step back and sort of reevaluate why the heck I spent so much freaking time on it. Because at the end of the day, here's what I know, and I knew it at the time, but I definitely knew it more with like that 2020 vision looking back, that the transitions or maybe using a capital letter or a lowercase letter or the certain font, you know, all of that, yes, it helps. I do believe that the details help. It would have maybe made it a little bit better, but for what cost? And that's what I really had to think about, and that's what I want you to think about as we go through this. Like I've been speaking for years and I can tell you that maybe less than a handful of times do people come running up to me at the end to say, oh my gosh, I just fell in love with your slides, right? Like people don't really say that. I will say, I mean, I think I have gotten that feedback. I do get that feedback in forums where people say, I mean, I did really like those slides, but they're certainly not saying, oh my goodness, those transitions, those transitions were magnificent. It like totally made the entire presentation no one has ever said that and no one ever will. What they do comment on, however, is my actual speaking, how I made them feel or the value they got out of what I said or my speaking presence or how excited they are to implement something. They got really inspired and they want to go try it out, right? That's what they're really focused on. But what I spent spent so much of my time on there was perfecting those dang slides, like the backup, not the actual thing that mattered the absolute most, which was me, okay? So I'm not saying I didn't spend time on me, but I know if I had to now go back and choose, I would have spent more of that time on perfecting me and my presentation, the actual priority, the biggest takeaway versus putting so much effort into those slides. So I'm wondering now if this maybe like jogs some memory of you, of you going down that rabbit hole of perfection, feeling behind because you simply spent too much time making an edit or rethinking your work or perfecting something because you're like, this just isn't right. This just isn't perfect. This just isn't good enough. It is exhausting, isn't it? And not to mention what a blow to your confidence when you struggle to keep up with everything else. So truth bomb, my friend, truth bomb, listen up. Your desire to get it perfect is holding you back from your potential and from your success. And I see this all the time. I see it happen with myself, but I especially see it with other smart and driven career women. And we've been told so often that we need to let go of perfectionism so we can move forward, right? I just said it's holding you back from your potential and your success. So we're like, oh, I just got to let it go. I got to let it go. I got to let it go. 
And there's a reason this doesn't work. There's a reason we're not letting it go. And I'll tell you what it is. Letting go of perfectionism is not the answer either. So just letting it go is not going to make it less for you. Just saying, I gotta let it go. Okay, and this is why. There are some situations in which your need to be perfect will serve you very well. In fact, it's probably what you really do need to do. Isn't that exciting? We don't need to let go of perfectionism because striving for flawlessness or like setting really high standards for yourself, it's not a bad thing. It's not like it's always terrible because it's actually gonna set you apart as a really successful leader. And I know that's what you're always striving to do. In fact, some of the most creative and incredible solutions have been a result of perfectionism. I mean, imagine if Steve Jobs was not a perfectionist. Would we have the iPhone or any of the other Apple products that has literally changed our entire universe and our lives and our beings? I don't think it would have happened. But in other situations, it is unnecessary. It will delay your results and it will hold you in mediocrity because not every email or every proposal or every slideshow or every social media post requires that level of accuracy. So the fix here, the solution is to understand when you need to embrace perfectionism, like when it's going to serve you well and when to let it go. So not to think, I just got to let this thing go, or I can't be perfectionist, I got to let it go, that doesn't work. It's really getting to the root of, I am going to be a perfectionist when it serves my best interest, when it is exactly what I should be focusing on. And in other cases, I'm going to let it go because I've determined that this isn't the best use of my time or it's holding me back or keeping me in mediocrity. So I call this the B plus strategy. While you should always strive for excellence, Not everything has to be an A+. And I'm thinking, you listening to this, you're like, I'm kind of that A-plus person or certainly an A. Like, I'm doing my best. I want to put out the best product, put out my best effort. So here's the deal, though. Many times, a B or a B-plus is perfectly fine. You know why? Because a B-plus is really good, okay? And very good is often good enough. Hey, I need to interrupt for just a minute to tell you about a very cool opportunity. If you've liked what you've been hearing, or maybe you've been on my mailing list, or are familiar with my blog, or my book, or you've heard me speak, or you've taken one of my classes, however you know me, and you like my style, and I've provided a lot of value and insight for you, then I would love to invite you for a free coaching session with me so I could work one-on-one with you and help you get even more value. And I think I just mentioned, but it's free and it's just the two of us. What we would do is have a live complimentary session together on this podcast. All you do is fill out a form to to answer a few questions about your challenges. If you're selected, we'll have a live on-air coaching call where I'll guide you, offer you recommendations and strategies, and really help you solve your burning issues. So I would love to work with you, and you can find out more about it by coming on over to lifeisorganized.com forward slash coach me. Remember, it's free, it's you and me, and I'll answer all your questions. Now, back to the B-plus strategy. All right, so back to the B-plus strategy. And remember, the B-plus strategy is when things can be really good and they don't have to be the A-plus, which is absolutely perfect. So if we go back to that example of my slides, 
like really, really good, that B plus would have been just fine. And that's really where I should have left it and where I should have been putting more of my focus was getting me as in my presentation and my speaking to the A+. That is where my perfectionism should have spent its time or in its place was at that point on all on me. Okay, so you might be asking yourself, all right, well, how do I know that? How do I always know which are the circumstances or which are the conditions in which I should use the A plus strategy versus the B plus strategy? So here are a few questions I know have helped me in the past and helped me guide other clients. And just to think about these in your situation and pick maybe one or one or two that really resonates with you. So one of the first ones I always think or ask is, will I have an opportunity to do this again in the future or to refine this in the future? So here's an example of what that means. So let's say, for example, you are you know, responding to a bunch of emails and you're getting really caught up in the perfectionism of them. I want them to be short and pithy and concise and really clear, and I want to use the right language. I don't want to offend anyone, and we're just getting really caught up. Now, some of those, you will sort of have that opportunity to, to have other communications to the same people or to refine and go back. So here's what I mean. So for example, if you're sending out an email to your team, there's a good chance you send out emails to your teams all the time, right? You're sending them over and over. So this might not be the best example for you to be like, I'm just always going to get caught up in perfectionism with my team because the truth is they're going to hear from you over and over. On the other hand, if you were sending out an email, let's say to your CEO or reaching out to a CEO of another organization, and this kind of was like your one shot in the, in the sense of you know getting recognized or possibly having them return that email or respond or not, then that would be the one you're like, okay, I'm going to spend more time on this, put in more of my A plus strategy, and the other ones will still be good, but they require more of the B plus strategy. Another example is like when I'm creating my lessons or my courses or my classes or even quite frankly, this podcast, I definitely mess up. I mess up a lot and I try to sometimes, you know, just let that go and say, you know what, I have next week's next week's podcast or I can put that lesson or class out because they're digital and I can re-record it a week from now or the next time I offer that class, I can upgrade it. I can do it again. I can, you know, put out more classes. I can re-record them and and uh, edit them again. So there are opportunities for me for continuous improvement, but if I'm always holding myself back or holding myself to that A-plus strategy, I will continue to hold myself back and never get it out in the world. So think about, you know, do I have a chance to make this better, improve it, you know, re-edit it, work on it again, or just have other opportunities to get in front of that same audience where I can razzle and dazzle them, you know, with the next communication that I have. So that's one example. Another question that is really important to ask yourself is, does this particular task that you're giving that A-plus strategy or that B-plus strategy to, does it align with my end goal? Okay, so this is a really big one because I know, again, we can get so caught up in wanting to make it just right, and then we lose sight of what's the most important thing anyway, right? What is so important? What's the most important thing that's really gonna have an impact on my end results? 
So maybe one of your goals is, um, and this is a common goal for many of the women I work with, is they want to just have their family and their household running more smoothly. Like it feels kind of chaotic or scattered or they're just, you know, kind of running by the seat of their pants. They're not present. They just kind of, in general, the big overall overarching goal is for things to run more smoothly on the home front. So if one of the strategies or tactics that you're working on and helping you achieve that goal is to, let's say, organize, organize different spaces and systems, we want to think about now which ones require your A-plus attention and which ones require your B-plus attention. So if you were like, I'm going to really get our pantry working really well and maybe our closets, you know, just running well, like declutter them and get them really organized, is color coordinating either one of those really going to help you get to that goal? Like, is that really what's the best use of your times in sort of aligning to your goals? Chances are no. You know, if the if all of the clothes are all color coordinated or if all of the food items are color coordinated or all the books are color coordinated, it's not necessarily going to get you that much closer to the goal of things moving smoothly, or at least in terms of your time and where you put your attention, that may not be the best place to put your attention. However, just kind of organizing it to a point where it's really good, it's a B plus, people know where to get things, they're easily accessible, they're convenient, that will get you there. On the other hand, if you're working on a system at home that was all about your bills and your bill payment system, now perfecting that may actually get you closer to the end goal of things moving really smoothly because now you're not going to be late on any payments and you know exactly when they need to be paid and you're never worried that something's going to fall through the cracks. Now that may warrant your A plus detail and perfectionism much more than color coordinating a closet or a pantry, which although may be more fun, you could be better served putting your extra attention and your need to get it just right to that bill payment system. So again, just kind of think, does this really align with my end goals and is this the best investment of my time to get me there? Another example, not to bring it back to my presentation, but here we go again, but bringing it back to that, it was like, for me, my end goal there was to create the best and most memorable event for the audience. That was my end goal. So it's like, what are the best ways for me to achieve that? Where, what's the biggest priority? Where should I really be putting my efforts that would align to that end goal? And again, I know I already went through it, but it's like the best thing I could have done, the thing that aligned most with creating that experience was to up my game, was to be the best presenter ever, was to show up with enthusiasm and energy and great examples and stories and just be super memorable in every way. And the slides were secondary to that. So again, the question you want to ask yourself is, does this task or does this thing that I'm working on align best with my priorities and my end goals? All right, so let me leave you with this. Perfectionism is not always necessary, but sometimes it is in your best interest. But if you're not using this strategy the right way, it can cost you valuable energy, time, and a whole lot of sanity. So I love thinking through the A-plus versus B-plus tasks with my clients so they get the most effective work done in the least amount of time. So if you're feeling like tasks are taking you longer than they should, there might be other reasons at play besides perfectionism, by the way. Like maybe you're not leveraging assets effectively or maybe you're feeling scattered because you're not planning your day accurately. 
So if you have any of these challenges, I'd love to work through them with you. Remember about that free coaching call. You can come on over to lifeisorganized.com forward slash coach me. And uh, I'd love to discuss with with you on a free call or just come on over and contact me and let's see how we might work best together. All right. So for our weekly challenge, because you know, I always want to leave you with one and I want to make sure your time was absolutely worth it. So in the next 24 hours, decide on one task that you would typically fix and correct and update and rework and just perfect to death and give yourself the permission and the gift to make it really, really good. Adopt the B plus strategy and leave it at that. Move on so you can move forward with other priorities and make the space and time for the other people and experiences that are more meaningful in your life. All right, well, you know what to do now. If you haven't already, please leave me a quick review on your listening platform of your choice. It would really mean a lot to me and I would love, love, love to read your feature, your review on an upcoming podcast. And do not forget to hit that share button and send other episodes or this one to a colleague or a bestie because friends don't let other friends miss out on all the goodness in life. I appreciate you, your energy, your time, and love that we get to connect every week. Thank you so much. Here's to getting more of the right things done and here's to embracing productivity on purpose. I will catch you next time.